No, your eyes don't deceive you. We haven't covered this movie before. Yes, there is another shark movie that takes place somewhere cold. Guys, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show that's fallen through the ice of Barbie mo- of mediocre Barbie movies, swam through the oceans of Manvember to finally return to the island of your regularly scheduled programming. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by the Sci-Fi Channel original actor of the decade. It's Michael Flaherty, everybody. I'm just so glad that we're back in the saddle. My God, after three months of just, after three months of just, just specific shit, two months of which were horrible, it's good to just, I, I never thought I'd be thankful to just be sitting in front of just a generic, average Joe bad movie. It's it's good to be here, Max. It's good to be here. I'm a renewed man. Dude, it really, like, after we we got done with these past months, like, me and Mike were like, well, well what do we cover now? Because we've, you know, we're like, okay, we're going to watch all the after movies. Okay, we're going to watch these Barbie movies. Here's Man Vember. And now we're just like, okay, we have the whole ocean <laughs> of bad movies for us to cover on this podcast. Exactly. We're it's we we delved into different like kiddie pools of bad movies. We got the little Barbie kiddie pool. We got the after just scorching sauna. And then now we're back into just the proper ocean of just crap. And what better way than to just dive into familiar territory by pulling out another ice based sharks movie that we're covering tonight, Max. For those who don't know, we have covered the movie Avalanche Sharks last year. It's actually one of our most downloaded episodes we've done. So we thought, well, fuck, why don't we go back into that well? And today we are talking about the 2016 Sci-Fi Channel original movie, Ice Sharks. And it's about a group of scientists in the Arctic who start getting attacked by a pack of sharks. It's what it sounds like. What do you want us to do? Mike? How long do you think we can keep this bit going of covering it's, shark movies that take place in the snow for? Like how many more years of this do we have? The the fact that the fact that we have more than a year is stunning to me. That is the fact that we have a shocking. year is amazing. Yeah, exactly. The fact that one person decided to put sharks in cold weather, but that's crazy enough. The fact that two people went yeah, yeah, sharks, but in cold. That's nuts. That's too much, dare I say. Too many sharks in too cold of weather. <laughs> so there's no big surprise with ice sharks that there's not a whole lot of behind-the-scenes stories with this movie. So I thought, you know what, let's just go a different direction. Let's take a look at our cast, our our gaggle oh, yeah. of misfit uh-huh. scientists. We have actors. We have Edward DeRuder, I think that's how you pronounce his name, who plays David, who this dude is like our lead scientist character. He looks like the bassist of a post-grunge band from the late 2000s and also has an earring and is doing science while wearing said earring. He's been in a few of these sci-fi original type movies and straight-to-DVD fodder like Battle of Los Angeles Air Collision, and Mega Shark versus Colossus. A, a regular B-movie actor here, I see, Mike. <laughs> it's C-movie. C-movie. Let's not give him too much credit, <laughs> all right? He's not, he's, not star- he's not starring in your summer blockbusters. No, this... 
this guy, I do love your I do love your analogy where he's in a post grunge band, but I, I feel it feels like he's just one of he looks like a wish.com version of like Pat Smear from the Foo Fighters. Like he looks like just this discount mid forties guy who may have been in something that was a cover band of a mm-hmm. grunge band back in the nineties. It's the fact that this dude has been in multiple sci-fi movies. I don't know if I should make fun of it or if I should just applaud him for getting the bag, but either way he's in it and he's doing something called Mm -hmm. acting. Dude, I I really do apply these guys because you know, they're getting the bag. They're being in movies. Are they good? They're movies. No, 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 they, they suck balls. They they suck. (laughs) And a couple of the other actors we have, we have Jenna Parker who plays Tracy, who has been in, Diablo Can- uh, Canyon. I don't know what that is. I honestly didn't recognize any of the any of the movies that she's been in. Uh, we have a Diablo Canyon. Sounds like a knockoff of that Dante's Peak movie starring Pierce Brosnan. You know what I'm talking about? The volcano disaster movie. Honestly, I bet you. It, let me look. Let me look this up. I bet you it is a volcano 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 based movie. Uh, when the volcano. latest victim here's what Volca- volcano. Uh, <laughs> When the latest victims of the I-70 kidnapper barely escapes with her life, Sheriff Jack Clay joins forces with FBI agent Carrie Wilson to bring him to justice, but a clock starts ticking when they discover that he has another victim. So, like, <laughs> a basic-ass fucking just crime movie. I don't even think she, I don't even think she's a – she's the main, like, actress – She's just it. some she's just a B-rate secondary person. Oh good lord. <laughs> you know, the, that's all that's all I could really find on her IMDB. Just just bear with me, dude. I tried. We <laughs> also have uh Clarissa, I believe I'm probably gonna butcher this last name, um, Thibault as Alex, who has been in the show Run Runaways and Flight 666. I'll get to that in a second. Travis <laughs> Lincoln Cox as Sammy, who has also been in things. We have Mia Danielle as uh, Val, who has a role in the spinoff uh, Sons of Anarchy show Mayans MC. You know, good for her. She she made it. We have uh, Shamar Phillip as Eddie, who has also been in the movie Flight 666, 666 and The Fast and the Fierce. Y- you can probably oh, guess what Lord. movie that's ripping off. <laughs> <laughs> it's i just love eddie's in instead of family it's like it's partnership partnership it's all about partnership partners 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 partners, partners. <laughs> it's it's not a it's not about like uh in they're not driving cars they're using boats <laughs> it's they're all about boat racing they're using trikes like the big like you know harley davidson yes, trikes. like oh i was thinking like big wheels like i mean that's better <laughs> it's all just it's all car culture but it's just big wheels <laughs> and then lastly we have a uh, kawi lyman uh as michael but i just called him thor throughout the movie because i mean like look at it. he, look, dude, he looks more like thor too. dude he looks more like the actual thor from norse mythology if anything and yeah he, he has he has actually been in some movies he's been in uh den of thieves uh zombies which is a zombie movie at a zoo and the TV shows American Horror Story and Don't Look Deeper. Now, Mike, all of these actors prove that without a doubt, you can either rebound and make something of yourself or be stuck in this like 
straight to DVD original movie thing territory, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, it's for all the shit that we're giving these people for not being in like super popular, ultra big like pieces. They're still getting money and they're still starring in things that are going on onto like streaming and such like that. So credit where credit's due, they're doing their job and they're getting cash for it. Mm-hmm. That being said, there is a level of like applause that you have to give in particular for Thor. Yeah. Or whatever the guy's name is. I think his name's like Kawiyo. Alex or whatever. Yeah. Ka- or Michael. Ka- I'm not saying that. The, like <laughs> the guy that but, plays Thor. Exactly. The in guy Ice that Sharks. plays Thor. And, and that and the and the other and the girl who plays Val for being able to like break out and like star in something that's worth half a shit. But mm-hmm. yeah, no shame for anyone. Yeah, absolutely not. But before we get on to our drinks, I do have to mention the director, Emil Edwin Smith, the director of this movie. He has directed other movies like Flight World War II, uh, Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark, and <laughs> another ice-related movie called Age of Ice. Which I mean, there's kind of a you know shark and ice. Pa- I bet you he made you know a shark movie and then made um, Age of Ice and was just like, hold up, <laughs> have he an idea. Like, he, was, he just he's working on Mecha Shark and ate, and he just went, wait a second. Wait a fucking second. It's, it's been staring me in the face for so long. But he's also had another long career in the VFX world. He has worked on Firefly, Battlestar Galactica, the 2004 series, Get Smart, The Last Airbender, Rango, but I think is primarily known for working on the Sharknado series as a VFX supervisor and a VFX artist. Oh, no. I knew he he had. Are we allowed to call him a legend in the the straight-to-DVD shark movie field? Okay, okay. I'm glad we have the caveat of in the shark field because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this guy being any sort getting any sort of applause for his VFX work, I mean, no. But it's, I, he worked on Rango, which is like pretty solid. But and Firefly, and Firefly, that's true, that's true. But Sharknado, oh my god! I I gotta tell you, this is my Roman Empire. Like the fact that Sharknado came out and did mildly successful as like a joke movie. In the mm-hmm. popular sphere, it has destroyed the B movie world. That has de- that has irreparably destroyed the B movie world because you're not getting goofy shit anymore. You're not getting mm-hmm. outlandish shit that makes you go like, "Whoa, that's that's outlandish." It is all sharks. It's all sharks, dude. It's all sharks all sharks. the time, <laughs> dude. It's so ridiculous. Like if I have to see another shark related movie i'm gonna freaking scream i'm gonna scream so mike let's just get to the ever most important question that we have here on this podcast if ice sharks was a drink what would it be and why okay everybody for this movie there's no beating around the bush this is not a good movie and this movie is ripping off Another ice shark movie, which I didn't even know 
avalanche sharks could get ripped the fuck off. But here we are. And if you remember my avalanche sharks cocktail, it was not a cocktail. It was literally juice, which is a knockoff for loco with pop-off vodka in it. Y'all, if I put any effort into making this cocktail past those two things, I would be remiss. So I tried to find a knockoff of a knockoff. My God. And I could not. I hunted, Max. I hunted. I hunted and I found nothing. I was, I was, I went all Indiana Jones and all I could find was Blue Four Loco. So you know what? <laughs> Grab a can, a full can of Blue Four Loco. I want you... Th- that's the movie. That is the movie's energy. <laughs> now, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> we gotta have these sharks. Sharks. You know, the tropical animal. The thing that's that's known for being in warm water. It's in cold water. So let's grab some blue curacao, throw an ounce in, into into your four loco. It's going to make it bluer if it's not already blue. (laughs) Okay, finally, we have the rest of this movie. The characters, the stupidity, the awful VFX that makes you want to vomit and die inside. And just the general affront that is this movie. Grab some UV blue vodka. Get in, get a full shot of it, dump it into your four loco blue. I want you to give it cover the cover the popped seal with your thumb. Turn it under upside down, turn it back, you know, get it incorporated, and just chug it. Just fucking chug it. If you do not chug it, no, you're doing it wrong. That's the cocktail. You know, I will say, first of all, funny cocktail. I was laughing my ass off. I think that I think that I should make a caveat here is take that as, you know, take the four loco and the blue curacao, mix it together, but do it, but do it as a bomb instead. I feel like that oh, kind of, yeah. that kind of fits a little, it, yeah. a little bit better. There we go. Yeah, exactly. You could, you could bomb it. You could just like shotgun it and then just like pour the ingredients in, but it's all, it's just chug it. Just, just engorge the drink. <laughs> Mike, uh, you you tried, you tried for all of minutes to find a knockoff of a knockoff. So I commend you, good sir. <laughs> Hell yeah. So my drink, I'm like, okay, we got sharks in the ice, but it's different this time. You see, let's start with our base because I think this movie is a vodka, a cheap, unflavored vodka. There's nothing really stand out about it. It's not really silly enough to be tequila or rum, despite it, you know, having sharks in the ice. Or it doesn't have any depth to be like a darker spirit. And, you know, I suppose you might think, oh, could it be a beer? But I don't really think that fits with this movie. So cheap, flavorless vodka in a plastic bottle. You all know how I do. uh, Ounce and a half. Next, we have our characters. Not a whole lot here, if I'm being honest. It's a sci-fi channel original movie. What I mean, what do you expect? Coolio? I mean, for them, for these characters, I'll say, let's add in a favorite here at the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Blue Raspberry Tampico. Why not? It's blue. Ocean. Let's do five ounces of that. You know, and like Mike, I also thought we need a little bit more blue here. So let's add in an ounce and a half of blue curacao. Extra, extra blue. Next, take all these ingredients. Add them to your blender. 
and put some crushed ice in, blend until you get that, you know, frozen cocktail consistency. You know, this movie does, after all, take place in the Arctic. And now pour out your drink into a glass and go get some gummy sharks, you know, and add those into your drink. You know, mix them all around so they're not just, you know, floating on top. You know, we're almost done. If you tried this drink, you'd be like, I mean, it's not good, but, you know, it's not totally terrible. But let's talk about the VFX. They suck. They look like they're 40% done and still in like that previs stage where they're like, hey, here's how the animation's going to play out. It's, but they just put that in the movie. They stick out like a sore thumb. We had this blue thing going on with our drink, so let's just fucking ruin it. So top off your drink with some unsweetened iced tea. Put enough in there to taint the blue we had. And that's my drink. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go through it. Vodka, blue Tampico, blue Curacao, slush it up, mm-hmm. and then just slather it in just a just a unsweetened iced tea. Good lord, man. <laughs> we both went for the similar vibe where it was just blue Curacao, vodka, and just sin. And just sin. It was just forgetfulness and regret. Dude, I mean, like, that's pretty much this fucking movie with the visual effects. They just didn't mm-hmm. give a shit about any of them. They, I will say, and it's, it is shocking to me that I'm giving credit to Avalanche Sharks for this. But at least Avalanche Sharks pretended like it cared. Mm-hmm. It's still, they I mean, don't give a shit. It's still, I mean, like, you know, sharks on a mountain, but like... Oh, yeah, no, eh. it's still bad. But these effects are but, just atrocious. They had like a third of the budget of avalanche sharks, I'm guessing. It, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Avalanche sharks could at least like, you know, put like some effort into someone pretending to get killed. Mm-hmm. Not ice sharks. It's nope. not how ice sharks rolls. Ice Sharks Sharks doesn't need all that fancy, big Hollywood B-movie budget. They're gorilla. They do things on their own. Well, guys, go go enjoy a blue drink of choice. Go drink a blue Powerade or Gatorade, you know. And let's dive into talking about Ice Sharks. So, guys, before we get into the movie, we just wanted to give you a heads up. We're trying a new format, something we did with our Thanksgiving Ooh. review. We want to we see if this works. We're going to go through, talk about the positives, Ooh. the negatives, then give our overall opinion, and then get into some spoiler territory. So, guys, you know, we're just, we're just going to give it a shot. We'll see if we like it. And if we don't, we'll go back to the old format. Let us know what you guys think. So, Mike, yeah. let's start off with the positives, if there are any, <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> I have some. Already. I ha- Already, I ha- I have already the format is screwed. <laughs> it's a fun positive for avalanche sharks. Dude, we fumbled at the 99-yard line. I don't even know if that makes any <laughs> sense, but we fu- we tripped at the start of the race. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go ahead, bud. What are the positives? Okay, so the positives. This is certainly a movie. <laughs> there is a story <laughs> here and what characters with... <laughs> This is a movie. That's the fact that the positive that we have for this movie is that it is. It is. It certainly exists. (laughs) Okay, now getting into some actual positives. It's like, I guess it kind of, I guess it kind of knew what it was. It's a sci-fi channel original movie. And, you know, those always have like 
a specific unique charm to them, even if they are bad. Like just go look at like pterodactyl or avalanche sharks. There's certainly some type of charm to bad VFX, but I think this movie mm-hmm. takes it to a whole nother level, which we will get to. Yeah. Uh, some of the actual underwater shots in this movie, I was like, no, that looks pretty okay. You know, they're actually underwater, but then when compared to the VFX shots, which <laughs> we'll get into, um, I laughed at the deaths, which, you know, laughter brings me joy. Uh, and I guess the music was fine since I don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'll, I'll jump in with the music thing. The music is definitely that bog standard, like, I guess, orche- orchestral music. If you know what I mean, it's that sort of orchestra music that isn't going to wow you. Like John Williams isn't sitting there like just like losing sleep over whoever did the orchestra for Avalanche Sharks. Or no, not Avalanche, fucking Ice Sharks. God damn Wrong shark movie, bed. Mike. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not even going to say my bad. The fact that there's two of these, I refuse to take take the blame for that. But anyways. The orchestra music is good enough to blend into the background, which for a lot of music, uh, for a lot of movie soundtracks is good enough. It -hmm. needs to be good enough to where it's in the back and you're not thinking about it, which this succeeds. So, Mm -hmm. you know what? It solved. It got the baseline there in that the, in that you can forget about it. Mm -hmm. So I will absolutely give it some credit for that. Regarding regarding the deaths, the deaths are hilariously cheesy. Not mm-hmm. because it's like uh, something in Thanksgiving where it's like some hilarious death that's so over the top it makes you laugh, or like in something like uh, like Terrifier where it's a great gory death that makes you really like impressed at mm-hmm. just the way it was done. It's just. So ridiculous, so over the top. The acting is so, so bad with these deaths. Like, there's one death in particular where it's Eddie's death. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get, Eddie, and, we'll get in, and we'll get into some of the some of the spoiler stuff a little bit later. We'll get, yes. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. This is the one death that I'll talk about that's that's not in the spoiler section mm-hmm. because this death is the most like ridiculous, ass crazy one. Eddie's death is so horrible. And so horribly done that I was honestly losing my shit laughing. He's sitting there. Essentially, essentially, the sharks are trying to use their fins to cut the ice around this this station. And yes, that's a real thing that happens in the movie. The it ice, is. the the sharks have fins that are so sharp they can cut through ice, and they're using the fins to cut around the station so that the station drifts off into the water cool glad glad we got the basics out of the way eddie sits on a snowmobile and watches a shark charge him and all he does is scream rev a rev a snowmobile and scream some more and look at the shark and it's so horrible like it's awful and I, i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure even the rest of the characters he would do get off the snow but he's just screaming yes. they're like no i can make it and just revving the engine like he's That's, at one trucker at a red light exactly just, he, but he doesn't fucking move and all of the deaths are like that they're mm-hmm. all a certain level of ridiculous even mm-hmm. the ones that are grounded in some level of reality mm-hmm. like there are other ones that have deaths that are so much more understandable and they just freaking get clipped and you're like 
that's still ridiculous. That's still hilarious. There's one death I will be talking about in the spoiler section, uh, just a heads up. Uh, was there any mm-hmm. other positives that you had with the movie, or do you just want to like fucking think, dive headfirst into the negatives? I think <laughs> this is the big this is the big positive that I'll leave on. The movie logic, the movie's logic is so hilariously awful mm-hmm. and flawed. Like the movie's mental processing of how to move throughout the situation that they currently find themselves in is horrible. Mm-hmm. Like it's awful. And the the logic that follows with all of these situations are completely dismissed. And mm-hmm. as a result, it's this hysterical you don't know what the hell they're going to do next because they're not doing anything sensible. Like like in in the instance of in one instance, there are two scientists in a in a in a room that's beginning to mm-hmm. flood. Now, in this situation where the sharks are coming and all of that, and you're in Arctic waters, that's a pretty hard to get out of situation. Let's all oh, yeah. be honest with ourselves. How the hell are you going to get out? Well, what these people do is they climb onto plastic briefcases. And drop a live wire into the water until the sharks leave. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, couple things. And then they turn off the live wire thing and just just mosey back into the water, the Arctic mm-hmm. water. And it's 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 shit like that, movie logic like that, that's so ridiculous and so mind-numbing. Like there is one character in this movie that gets hypothermia. And they say, like, his body temperature is down to, like, 92. Three. Like, yeah, no, 90, yeah, like, 90, like, around that time where, and then, you know, they bring him back in and they strip him down, give him some, like, warm blankets and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like, they take his temperature, he's like, okay, it's, he's back to 95. And then this character gets up and just starts fucking talking like a normal human, like, human <laughs> I being. Love that. I'm like, dude, you will, like, if you get down to that body temperature and you are just fucking functioning like five minutes later you're you're you got fucking superpowers or some shit bro yeah it don't make any sense (laughs) it's it's logic like that that is so ass crazy (laughs) that you can you can't help but go sure sure man yeah (laughs) he does it he he recovers but yeah that's my that's my last one let's get into talking about the negatives with this movie and you know we have to start off by talking about the vfx of this movie they are so fucking bad it would okay first of all it would be one thing if they wanted to just make you know bad vfx but it really sticks out when the effects when we're literally cutting between shots that are practical and then shots that like have VFX in them that aren't blended well together with the practical shots. They just, that you can't like, you can tell that's VFX. That's real life. Largely these graphics look like they were either meant for like a GameCube or the original PlayStation. Honest to God. It, it actually, I think gives pterodactyl run for its money. Mm -hmm. That's the crazy thing. It gives the movie from 2005 on the sci-fi channel pterodactyl it gives it a run for its money which that is bad if Mm -hmm. you are doing your knockoff movie 
and your knockoff movie is being outshined by another knockoff movie from six years earlier, you're doing something wrong. Almost 10 you years are, earlier. I think over 10, 10 you said it was two. When was Pterodactyl? 2005? 2005. Dude, over, ten, over 11 years. Because Ice Sharks came out oh. in 20. Hold up, let me get this right. 2016. It's bad. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, you know what? You know what, Ice Sharks? No credit. No credit. No love. It is, it is, I think. It's right there with like like VFX from the late nineties. Mm-hmm. It's well, just cheesy, bad, and just well, dude. I will always, <sighs> I will always be a VFX defender because I mean, literally, look at stuff from like I don't know, Pirates of the Caribbean, Transformers, Avatar. That is some good looking shit. But when I bet you that these VFX, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just theorizing. I bet you these VFX were literally done in like a week by like a team of like maybe five people. And they just, it's yes. like, I mean, they got them on like, you know, fucking Marvel turnaround times with their VFX. Yeah. Like, we need this done now. And they're like, oh, fuck it. Uh, CGI model shark. Uh, here are some assets. Uh, fuck it. We're good. But specifically the one shot that I want to mention. And Mike, I am actually going to send you this shot because when I was watching it and, I, and I circled specifically what I want you to be looking at. I okay. was watching this this movie, and this is at the very end of the movie. The shot is of a shark that is falling into the water. Mike, I just sent it to you. And it's a shark falling into water, and there was something going on with it, like maybe like a frame that was just kind of like a little bit weird, and I noticed oh. it. So I like watched it like a couple of times, and what it oh looks God. like is they had a splash asset, just fa- like the shark was falling into the water, and they put a splash, what's supposed to be a splash asset, like over the shark's face, which wasn't in water. And it's got like this really weird clipping going on over it. Like the shark That's isn't even hitting the water so or like reacting weird. with the water. It looks so fucking weird. And this is how the movie fucking leaves you. If I'm sitting there and I'm noticing like, yeah, that, that doesn't look right. It literally looks like someone got, an, got a 19 by, uh, 1920 by 1080 or a 4K asset brought it over the shark and set it as screen. And they're like, okay, that's it. That's what we're going to do. We, we got to keep going. We, we got to, no one's going to, no one's going to notice am, one frame, but I, I did. Am, exactly. We are, we're the nitpicking Kings out here. I listeners, I'm looking at it and it's bad. Like it's hard to sit there and say someone just did. Someone dropped the ball hard. Now, Again, I can already tell you, I can already agree with my co-host and tell you that these people were obviously, it was probably like five newbie VFX people who were getting pushed to their limits and were getting paid dog crap for this Mm -hmm. movie and had the budget of, I think, like, of a short movie that's meant to go to, like, go to cans to get more funding. Mm -hmm. It's it's so bad, so Dude, I would quickly honestly, and cheaply I, done. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I wouldn't even say cans. I would say like your local, like North Dakota film just, festival. Just, just <laughs> the just West Nebraska the, film festival. Not even, dude, not not West Nebraska. Like fucking uh, small town Dakota. Like, it's, hey, can <laughs> can a drugstore give us like you know two hundred dollars so we can buy this splash asset to use for the film? <laughs> some old man just going like i don't know what a splash asset is but i got 200 and i love the arts <laughs> so dude that's the first shot 
And also the last shot. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, the very first shot of a shark that we get. I want to set up this mm-hmm. this uh this situation. So we follow a like a um a sleigh being pulled by some huskies. So we get a close up of a dog, and we hear eating sounds. They're next to like an ocean. We hear eating sounds. We're like, okay, I'm thinking in my head, oh, shark attack. And then we cut to shot two, which is of uh the ocean and these sled dogs are just fucking running towards the ocean and like there's no shark or anything it's just like they get over the crest like into the water and then it's just blood assets just spewing up with the arctic circle in the background and the captain of this dog sled gets dragged in via a rope tied to his ankle we don't and we don't even get like the hero or villain shot of the shark it just like we see the the uh, cat the um captain of the dog sled getting pulled in in and then a shark bites him from behind and pulls him in like there's no like you know menacing hit or anything and then we just fucking continue with the opening credits like nothing's like nothing just happened it, it yeah i did i was i was about to be surprised when you didn't mention the first kill in the movie because mm. the first kill in the movie was the most affront like was the biggest affront to me because it's so horribly done like as someone who has no vfx knowledge i if you slap me in front of blender i would genuinely just stare at you like i don't i don't know shit about vfx like i could tell that this was horribly done because i I, my co-host is not making or making anything up or like exaggerating anything Quite literally, the Huskies run over a hill and blood assets spurt out from behind the hill. It's it's that bad. And then the guy, you see the freaking burlap rope get tied around his ankle and he gets pulled over the hill. And then you see like bigger blood asset animation number four just explode behind the hill. It's it's so bad. Like it's so horrible. Like it's it's shocking to me that they had this level of carelessness with regards to making the kills. Which again, if you're doing a horror movie or a disaster movie, mm-hmm. that's your big ticket is the kills, the destruction, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not, I don't think that's really the worst thing. Like, it's funny, but I think the worst thing comes where you can, where like the VFX is like, oh, that's atrocious, is the underwater VFX stuff just looks <laughs> so different compared to its actual counterpart. I'll, I'll, let me give you an example. Well, first, I want to say that something about the tundra. We get some VFX shots of the Arctic, it's white. So you have these like broad shots of just a snowy wasteland that were done quickly in VFX. It's fine. Not a whole lot of detail or texture with some of these wide shots. I'm like, I can get past that. But with the water stuff, it's like night and day. Some shots have like the the sharks digitally added to like practical water scuba footage, which again, I'm like, that shark looks fake as fuck. But then some of these shots that are completely CGI and underwater, it looks like it was rendered test footage for the GameCube. It looks just so bad it looks like proof of concept footage for like your favorite video game from 2002 like honest to god i i 100 agree with you the fact that the transition from the tundra which is which is forgettably passable mm-hmm. like you look at it and you go 
yeah, it's the Arctic. It's pretty cold. It's pretty flat, and it's pretty windy. So, just sure. like Mike's ass. Why is it cold? I I have a, look. My temperature, body temperature, is perfectly regulated. I don't know what kind of dunk that is, asshole. I'm doing okay. I, I, dude, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, like, I, just, I just I just saw an opportunity and I followed through. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's, you, the flat ass thing hurt. I, I, it's, look, not all of us not all of us can be bakers. All right, Max. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I've been doing I've been doing my squats, man. I've been I've been hip thrusting like the fucking weight of a rhinoceros. <laughs> I've been I've been doing that one machine where you clench your thighs together. I'm you're like I'm gonna look like Megan the Stallion in a few weeks. So, Mike, I do know that we can talk about the VFX forever, but was there anything you wanted to mm-hmm. mention before we before we move on? Okay. So we've already talked about the character logic and how that's kind of it's kind of hilarious how they just make random decisions. Mm-hmm. I also want to know that that's a want that to be known that that's a con. You want to be able to logically understand a character's decision because mm-hmm. if you can't. You're not going to empathize or sympathize with the characters at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay if a character makes a decision that confuses you at first, but once you understand their their process, that makes you go like, oh, that's great. That's really clever. Like, that's okay. That's okay. You don't want them to be as dumb as the audience. But having your character go, mm, my stomach hurts. I should probably eat some ribs. You're like, huh? Like, that's not going to, your audience isn't going to empathize with the person. They're just going to be confused. So that's a con. The other cons I have is the people's acting is nothing to write home about. Mm-hmm. They are doing about the same exact level of effort as the as the people in Thanksgiving, like the mm-hmm. kids in Thanksgiving. But a step below, like if mm-hmm. these, like the, like if the actors in Thanksgiving are all collectively a B, B plus level mm-hmm. actors, they're good. They're good at what they do, but they're not ever going to be like Daniel Day-Lewis, mm-hmm. but they're good. Make no mistake. These people are like C minus level actors. They're not yep. good at what they do, but they're enough. And it's kind of like. In, in in this movie in particular, they're not putting their all into it. You can tell. They're kind of going, they kind of give vague emotions of distress, and that's about mm-hmm. the extent of it. Yeah, because like the script, well, I also think that's part partially due to the script because it feels more like a training video with like their dialogue. They're like, mm-hmm. what will we do to get out of this situation? And one character will probably be like, I know, let's do this. And then the other character is like, okay. We'll do that. Let's go do this. And the whole script is like that. And even they even try to like beat you over the head with some like climate change message, which I'm like, movie, calm down. You're ice sharks. Don't don't no 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 know what you're doing. Know what you're doing. Calm, yeah. Take take a we, step down, look, buddy. We always love we always love a save the environment message at the messed up and I podcast. Make no mistake, but there are certain movies like Birdemic, Shock and Terror, and Ice Sharks that try and go like the yeah, save the planet. And you're like. Okay, uh, again, good good message. We're all on the same page. Sh- sh- shut the fuck up. You're ice sharks. <laughs> yeah, and you and you also mentioned the uh, the uh, characters and the actors. The, the acting, again, I agree with you. It's like C minus, but they they 
really don't have any opportunity to like have character moments because the movie just goes like someone dies and they're like and that sucks we got to keep going like <laughs> they compartmentalize fast they compartmentalize fast. but it was like we got david our leader where he doesn't really do anything except like spout science words and have other people do his job for him and <laughs> and then we, dude, and then we have my favorite is Tracy because she's kind of like you know the leader's lover. All she does is stand around a radio for the whole movie and is so concerned. Like we got to fix the radio. We we need to fix the radio. Like and her, like she's always trying to like talk on the radio. She does that and just dodes on David for the whole movie. Tracy and David suck so badly because David David goes. He's literally like you know the memes of like where where they make, where people make fun of Fred from Scooby Doo where it's like all right gang you all go over there Daphne and I are gonna go split up and go to the bedroom for ten minutes like there's that joke but that's just mm-hmm. David and Tracy they don't yeah. do shit they genuinely don't do anything they kind of just go mm, science science these sharks are bad news and it's just and then they just hug and you're like okay my favorite part about it though. My favorite thing on top of all of it is the fact that Alex, who's like the third person, the the mm. one that's not David and Tracy that lives to the end. Well, no, she dies, I think. Yeah, she does. She yeah. does. I was just, spoiler I was alert. Like, she, she, spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah, she, but she offers genuine advice and paths to actually solving the issue. And David goes, oh, what do you know? Shut up. And then he just turns and then just five minutes later, he goes, let's do the thing that she said, but in a different way. And you're like, okay, man, sure. Sure. Whatever talk. Yeah. She doesn't really have much in this movie. She has a thing for Thor and that's really about it. And Thor his character Thor's trait the one is that does the most. Yeah, he his character trait is that he has a brother and like he's the one that's like willing to risk his life to get out of this situation. Um and then there's his brother Sammy who's like the IT guy and I mean like I guess Sammy and Thor are the characters that I disliked the least because I know that they actually like do shit. I'll get into a little bit more about yeah. Sammy a little bit later. Uh, Mike mentioned Eddie. He's our funny guy who flirts. That's really all you need to know about him. Val, <laughs> one of the other scientists, she's here. And yeah, all of these characters are not well acted enough for me to really be intrigued about them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. They're all very sort of half-assed caricatures that have about five minutes of dialogue between all of them. Mm-hmm. And lastly, before we go on to our overall thoughts on the movie, before we get into spoilers, I can't believe I'm about to say this as a negative, and it might be very nitpicky, but the set direction with this movie feels so <laughs> weird. Because, okay, hear me. Listen to me. Listen to me. A lot of the background stuff, like like lab stuff, science thing, it either feels like they are just, I don't know, they have cases that the film crew already had lying around or just like random stuff that they found in a high school science class. And these computers, they have just random shit on the monitors that just feels like computer stock asset number 12 from free MoGraph asset pack 2016 release that don't really say anything, but look like sciencey enough for you to just kind of like, you know, move past it quickly. It, it, they look like assets that that would be used in like the matrix where it's just like sometimes they'll I'd just say worse than the matrix 
oh no no it's no 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 it's absolutely worse than the matrix but it's that sort of look where it's they all just frantically like slap on the keyboard and then just like on a black screen green text starts popping up really really insanely fast mm-hmm. that's kind of the crappy stock assets that they're using for the set mm-hmm. it's that and also I, I 100% am with you on the like like high school science class items that they're using because it's all just Erlenmeyer flasks and beakers and test tubes that they kind of just have and they're just they just throw them about everywhere just it feels like uh feels like like in the WWE where they'll just have this thing just set up in the center of the ring or outside of the ring that you're just as a viewer you just watch and you just go Oh, they're gonna fucking break the hell out of that thing. I just know it. It's yeah, it's kind of like that. Like you just see the the beakers and you're just like, can't wait for David to frantically throw those onto the floor. <laughs> yeah, the set itself also feels like it wasn't made of metal. It looks like they painted pieces of wood to look metal. Dude. And that's really all all that you get. I, I'm so I'm so glad you said that. No, they made I know this. I know this. They made the door. To, they made the door out of the station out of wood or styrofoam because mm-hmm. what happens is when you see them open it you see the door wiggle like the door <laughs> wiggles it's it's sort of it's, it's shit like that which shouldn't bother you but it's that small thing that will immediately take you out of your suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. because they're like all right yeah we gotta we gotta get out of this and then it's just like they just open up this supposed to be heavy metal hatch and you hear the the creak of the metal as they open the hatch because they have the sound for that mm-hmm. but then it just wiggles and it just your brain just snaps as it happens yeah and yeah this movie this the this movie just feels very cheap it's just mm-hmm. so so cheap uh, was there yeah. anything else you wanted to talk about, Mike, before we get uh, uh, give our overall opinion on the movie and then go into spoiler territory? Okay, all right. Before we before we hit our impressions in the spoiler territory, I'm going to give the very this very small nitpick, this small con, and this is going to be a quick one. I think the cinematography in the movie is very weird to bad. Mm-hmm. It feels the same way. Like I'm and granted, I wasn't expecting this to be like a like a like Blade Runner or anything, where it was going to be mm-hmm. these magnificent just set pieces. But nonetheless, I expected it to be more than just that live studio audience iCarly look, where it was just a standstill camera just in the set, and they were kind of <clears> like, <throat> okay, go, go, mm-hmm. go do it. And I expect that and a shaky cam of of David's face whenever he's talking. I expected it to be more than those two things and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that's highly disappointing. But dude, yeah. I, dude, I'm with you on that one. Uh, cinematography feels weird. Sometimes they use GoPros. Uh, yeah, it's, it just I feels so. It I feels, don't know why the fuck they're using GoPros in the fucking, when, when was this movie? When did I say 2016, 2016, 2016. Yeah. Feels fucking weird. Anyways, overall opinions on this movie. This is a cheesy sci-fi original style movie. Can I really recommend it over Avalanche Sharks and Pterodactyl? No. No, I can't. I think this is a movie number three. Maybe pair this with like 
avalanche sharks and do a double feature or just do a pterodactyl avalanche sharks and then this movie and maybe switch out pterodactyl for a good shark movie or another one we're going to cover on this podcast because let's face it we can run out of movies to talk about but we can never run out of sci-fi original movies to talk about that is that is a well that i am scared to tap into continuously (laughs) oh my god it feels like a monkey's paw like you're like uh, oh uh, let's get a really let's get a really silly bad shark movie and then just the monkey's paw finger closes and we get like 600 of them so i'm deathly afraid of doing that but i i do i do agree this is a move this is if you're amongst the bad movies like the mm-hmm. bad sci-fi vfx affronts movies that we've done I would absolutely say this is a movie for absolutely mm-hmm. a movie for wow. This is, oh yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. look, I think I think pterodactyl's bad, but I think there's still more silly moments based off mm-hmm. of the fact that Coolio's involved. Yeah, I think that that really that brings a lot to the damn table. The fact that Coolio is just sitting there, just shooting down <laughs> VFX pterodactyls. That's way more fun than just some some idiot just saying science words, hugging hugging his like girlfriend and then just having just one person get gored (laughs) dude i'm with you well guys we're gonna be getting into spoiler territory now so if you want to go watch the movie go watch it then come back here and we'll get into talking about some spoilers mike can we talk about how at a certain point this movie literally just turns into ocean gate it turned dude they when their stupid little like station sinks into the water it just goes from oh no the sharks are attacking how do we defend ourselves to like (laughs) celine dion playing in the background as some billionaire with like a with like an xbox controller (laughs) Just, just rolling around they're like oh geez soon we'll run out of oxygen whatever will we do we really wish we were some billionaires right now so we could you know get out of here exactly (laughs) if only we were filthy rich why didn't the rescuers of ocean gate just watch ice sharks to save them they would know you need to get a helo to drop down like some care packages to them so they could fucking just float all the way up to the top just float to the top minus yeah not including you know depressurization issues the bends and like just you know basic oxygen crap (laughs) um yeah that was the first thing i saw like oh no they're doing they're doing ocean gate but like at 100 feet instead of like dude two miles or whatever it was i have to say yeah because they go 90 feet under when they Mm. get when they when the uh when the thing sinks into the water which i also have to just say we already talked about it in the vfx like cons thing but honest to God, it turns into an underwater level of like 3D Mario or mm-hmm. like a point and click adventure because it's you literally see stock assets of sharks and all of that. And the weird thing to me is when they're in that area and you have Thor just sitting there going like, mm, seems like an issue out there with certain death. I'll go. You have these sharks who are apparently clever enough to saw through the ice Mm-hmm. in order to strand people at sea. But once Thor goes out in the water, underwater, in their territory, they just swim next to him. They're just like, what's mm-hmm. up, bro? What's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> yeah, and 
a lot of the deaths, except for one, which I do want to get to talking about, it's literally just like they ra- the deaths randomly happen. Like someone gets attacked by a shark and then gets dragged off screen. We don't get any fanfare or any like, no, Alex, don't, no, it's just no, yeet yeah. by. It's just a, a shark swims by and just, you. it's like they get hit by a bus. <laughs> Alex but it's is a shark. exactly. It's it's like one of those live leak footages where it's like some some thir- some random country and it's just a person gets yeeted by a bus. Like that's exactly what happens with Alex. He's literally like, "All right, gang, looks like we got it hooked up. We're ready to go." And everyone's like, "Woo, we saved the day!" And then just a shark comes by, grabs Alex, and runs to freaking like I don't know Greenland because it's just you're just like, "Holy shit, Alex is fucking dead!" And everyone's like, "Oh, damn." That's whack. <laughs> the one death I do want to talk about is Sammy's death. So he's just out, live, just on the snowmobile, just vibing. You know, we get a montage of him. So Sammy gets off of his snowmobile and goes just to like check a rod on the ice to make sure it works. You know, he brings out magical laptop. Rod is, uh, isn't malfunctioning. Just the ice there is really thin. But then Sammy sees like the rumbling. He looks underneath the ice and sees the shadow of a uh, shark swimming underneath him. And then the ice like breaks through and a just shittily rendered shark and a hole in the ground just magically appear. And Sammy somehow breaks his leg and slowly crawls, crawls away from his bag that has a rope that is tied to his leg. And the shark falls through the ice, bites the rope, and he gets his leg just ripped off. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, his fucking ripped off leg. It's not even bleeding. It's like someone went out and bought like some <laughs> beef chuck chicken, beef chuck and chicken, and then covered it in water and attached it to the bottom of his leg, and was it's like, so- "Yeah, th- there you go. That's that's a fucking you know, it's bloody leg it- stump." Yeah, you. exactly. It, it's so it's so lazy. Like, there's no blood or anything mm-hmm. like that coming off of it. There's no. It's not like a deep crimson, you know, like actual blood is and the you know the inside of you is it's just this weird dried pink color mm-hmm. and it's just and on top of that you can obviously tell that this was taped on and mm-hmm. like just strapped on to like his leg as he was bending his knee because what you can see is if you look you can see his like the leg that isn't bitten off you know it looks like a normal leg of mm-hmm. a dude and the other looks like an NFL lineman's leg. Like, it is massive. His thigh looks as big as his head. And you're like, you're like, all right, they're not even going to try and, like, make that look real. Okay. And, dude, the ending of this movie as well, where they get rescued, it's very much okay, I guess. Mike, what are your opinions on the the way that this movie ends with our final two survivors getting brought up to the surface and the day is it's, saved? It's so low stakes. It's so low stakes because as they're getting lifted up, Tracy's kind of just running around clapping next to the radio because she contributed a whole heck of a lot, guys. And then just one shark just suicide bombs himself through the window. Dude, and... It, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but it doesn't make any sense because when they first get to the bottom of the ocean, 
Tracy is like, hey, we, we got to close all the windows. We got to get away from the windows. And then when she's looking out of the a window, <laughs> a shark just fucking rams itself. And I'm like, I you were the one that said to get away from the windows and you had a window uncovered. What the fuck were you? Wasn't that rule number yeah. one? What the fuck were you thinking? They make a whole stink about <clears throat> covering up all the windows. And then suddenly a shark just slams itself through the window. And she's like. Who could have seen this coming? Who in their right mind could have expected this? Because it wasn't me. And you're like, okay, Tracy. First off, you haven't done a lot. Two, okay, if a shark's going to just bomb itself and just throw itself through this open window, which I'm 100% sure we closed. But okay. How is, one, how is the water not spewing in and flooding the place? One. Two, the whole thing where it's like the shark is like chomping and like moving around. She is right in front of a ladder that's blocking her way. And she's like, Oh no, please, please. No, please. And I'm like, girl, if you went behind the ladder, this would not be an issue. You just stand behind the ladder and just be like, just check your watch waiting for waiting for rescue to occur. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's no stakes towards the end. And all they do is just like, just lightly push the shark off and then they're like sick and that's it that's the movie yeah like so tracy like knocks the shark loose with the ladder and then it just kind of flops on the ground when they get on the ship and then david like fucking dives over a shark grabs a gun and shoots a propane tank you know because because hank hill was coming to the rescue during this movie <laughs> i'll tell you what and i'm sorry now i'm just imagining just you get like you know they're down there and then you just see like someone in scoop in like scuba gear just swimming down with two Jeez. tanks, and they're like, "Oh my god, who is that?" And then they like let him into their base and just, just takes off the scuba mask and just Hank Hill being like, "So, like, I heard y'all needed propane and propane accessories." Just, and he just he just sees David just ranting and raving and saying science terms, and then just hugging Tracy, and he goes, "That boy ain't right." right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this movie really ends on like you know. The, you know, Tracy and David are reunited and, you know, we cue the power ballad. We get one last like wide shot of like a shittily rendered fucking boat and the ocean. And then we're just sitting there like, yeehaw, the day is fucking saved. Yeah, everyone just sort of once the shark just horribly clips into the ocean, everyone kind of just sort so of holds hands and sings Kumbaya. And then there's the movie just ends. <laughs> Well, Mike, man, I had fun testing out this new format. Was there anything else you wanted to cover before we get on out of here? Not really. We kind of covered everything. I mean, this movie is just, this movie's something, man. This is a movie number three or four. You got to be blackout drunk to be enjoying this movie. Yeah, this, like, like I was saying, guys, if we ever run out of stuff to talk about, we at least know there are always, like, movies from the 50s. And then just and just in general, and then get ready for a cat win of the moon marathon. <laughs> yeah, but dude, I think that like sci-fi channel original movies, I think they do have a certain level of charm. And I can understand for people who grew up during that time to like look back on some of these movies kind of like with, you know, fondness, because I could just imagine like, you know, me and Mike back in like, you know, when we're freshmen, sophomore juniors in high school, just hanging out, you know, we're staying up late and then a shitty fucking sci-fi channel original movie comes on and we're just laughing at it so oh yeah so like for you know if you like it for nostalgia purposes or if you just want to watch it just to get fucked up to 
I think you're going to have an interesting time with this either way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No question about it. Not a single question. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode where we talked about Ice Sharks of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Go follow us on Instagram, uh, YouTube, X. You guys know the deal. Stay up to date with what we got going on. Mike, do you have any parting words about uh, anything? I I mean, (laughs) if you're going to go into the Arctic, watch out for the sharks because apparently they're going to try and saw you out to sea. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll see y'all next week. See you next week, everybody.